G'day punters, we're back for week three of the Wayne. Luke Marlowe joins me. We're going to go through all the results from the inaugural, the coast meeting at Gosford. What did you think, Luke? It was a good meeting, Blake. Hi to you. Hi, everyone. Um, managed to find the winner of the coast, so I think it's a great race. One of the greatest initiatives ever brought in by Racing New South Wales. <laughs> I know, it was a good find by you, Brandenburg. Uh, awkward draw. It was a terrific ride by Regan. Yeah, gee. I didn't envisage uh, them going that fast, but uh, the, the you know the speed allowed the field to string out, and he was able to slot in, and he ran up to his best, uh, Brandon Burke. So uh, it was a good training performance by John Sargent as well. He's back, the big fella. Uh, you found Sarah for the punters last week, three seventy into two seventy. Yeah, good good result. Um, I wish I found a few more winners, but uh, look, it's been uh, for myself. Last few months, just just chipping along. Um, can't get any momentum at the moment, but um, had, had a small result on Saturday, so hopefully we can carry forward. But um, our other horse to follow from last uh, or two weeks ago, Cat Gully Red, just went under in the highway. I was on him there, and we'll discuss that race and uh, all the program in due course. 100%. Let's get stuck in. The first race of the day was the two-year-old over 1,200 metres. They actually ran five 1,200 metres on the day. Uh, which is interesting with nine races. They went six lengths slower than the takeover target, which is pretty good for a two-year-old race. Overpass was firm in the market, $2.90 into $2.70. They wanted to be with the third horse, Sweet Ruby. Did you find the winner, Luke Marlowe? No, I didn't, Blake. Um, I I think he was quite dominant overpass. Certainly um, sitting three wide, no cover early in the day on the, on the untouched track, which in my opinion, raced quite well. Later in the day, I do think it was an advantage to be off the fence. Um, the jockey started to get off the fence pretty early in the program, but we saw um, mid-card, uh, Prince of Aragon draw barrier one and never leave the rail and win. So I think probably as the track wore out uh, later in the day, the defence was uh, probably a touch inferior, but overall um, it raced quite well uh, as a soft seven. Uh, dominant win by overpass. Um, he's on the up, isn't he? He's super tough. So um, I thought it was a good performance. And again, was a horse that was well fancied in the market and did nothing. There was nothing in the stewards report um, about it. But um, look, I'm not really sure what what's ahead for these horses. I, I don't think there's any Brisbane Carnival types here. Uh, maybe the winner could could go there, but um, I'm not sure about any of these as far as following them. Yeah, you wouldn't think um, you wouldn't think any of them are, are really on their way to Queensland just because it's it's only a 1200 meter race. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the JJ Atkins is only in a couple of weeks, so whether or not they're going to go 12 to 1600 meters is a question mark. But the winner was really good. He's improved um, a lot from that debut where he uh, ran second to Glen Eagles, who's a nice horse. I think he's heading to Queensland. Uh, he was three deep, no cover, did it pretty tough, and he can go on with the job. He just keeps getting better and better and better. And Bjorn's not sort of bloke that's going to put one in the paddock that's going this well and just keeps improving. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be following anything that was behind him. So overpass is the one to follow out of the race for me. The second race uh, was the fastest of the five 1200s on the day. Blondo was outstanding. Um, the market did not want to be with Iron Power. He was seven out to $17. He was uh, two years between runs. Market really loved Henschel here, three ninety into three dollars ten, and was against Ramstein, six fifty to nine dollars. 
yeah, I couldn't work out the go for Henschel. Um, I mean, it, it was coming off a provincial win. I know we're Gosford, but it's still a Saturday Metropolitan race. So, look, I was keen to be against. Unfortunately, went the wrong way. Back to flat heaven here. Um, was a little bit disappointed he came up the inside, but again, um, he wouldn't have won. Uh, the winner was just different class, Blondo, and he's always a horse that promised a bit late, so uh, he certainly delivered there fresh on Saturday, and he could go on now. I am Power was first up for 747 days. Um, Stuart's question, Tom Sherry, just about the fact he, he didn't come out around quite right a bit sooner on the turn, but when you're first up for so long, I can understand why he conservative i don't think he envisaged blondo showing such a sharp turn of foot and whipping around him the way he did so iron power got pocketed for a, a period of time and i thought his run was very good and uh, he'll take benefit from that first up off the long break i'll be following iron power out of that race yeah 100 he's the one to follow for me uh, i'd suggest that the market was against him just because of that two years between runs. We haven't seen him on a wet surface. There was plenty of things against him, but Blondo was, he jumped out of the ground uh, first up. His trial was really good. Henschel, uh, I could see why they found him. Um, that horse, uh, I think the horse that runs second to him at Newcastle, time for victory, came out and won at Hawkesbury. So, uh, and they run really good times and he, he put gaps in a couple of fields between a poor run first up. So, I think that that's why the market was with him. Uh, but, yeah, but I, I could follow a few out of this race. I think Blondo will be winning again. I am Power will be winning soon. Henschel can win again, especially if he goes back to midweek class. Uh, Quiet, Riot, Quiet Riot was pretty good. He was three deep without cover. Um, and your horse, Flat Heaven, he's going to win a race soon enough. He just needs to find the right race. Mm. The third race was the highway. Um, fourth out of five, uh, it was the... The second slowest 1,200 on the day. They went three lengths slower than the takeover target, but it's still pretty good um, times for a highway comparatively to a black type race. Uh, last chance dance was really well liked by the market, $11 to $6.50. I was a little bit disappointed with myself that I didn't find her, but uh, how'd you go here, mate? What did you find? Well, I made a mistake because, um, uh, I mean, it was a reminder you just can't cut corners when you're doing the form. I backed last chance dance two starts ago at Musselbrook over a thousand metres. And visually I thought um, the horse was disappointing um, the way it got to the line. So I was against it going up to 1200 metres, but my times man tells me after the race that uh, the times out of uh, Musselbrook weren't too bad. And, and they indicated the horse could, could improve going to 1200. I didn't see it that way. So um, I was against it. It was heavily backed and, uh, yeah, punter's got the cash there with it. Um, just burned along in front and was too good. Cat Gully Red had, had every chance and and was honest. I was on it there. Um, Mr. Wong was an unbelievable run. This horse has always had plenty of ability, um, but he's had a history of hanging and and just sort of turning it up and not really fulfilling his potential. But by gee, if he can't win a highway off that, um, I'll give up, um, particularly up in distance. I'd be keen on him going to, say, 1,400 metres, BJ. Yeah, he was uh, slow to recover first up, and he is definitely back in the game. He was really good finding the line there. Barrier one was probably against him there. 
Uh, last chance dance. Yeah, I was. I had her fifth pick when I did the form uh, earlier in the week. Uh, but when the scratchings came out, and I, I looked back into her twelve hundred meter runs, they were at twelve hundred meters. Uh, she'd had two, and she hadn't placed. But they were the quarter of a million dollar maiden on the Gold Coast, uh, the Magic Millions maiden, and they were the twelve hundred meter two year old Magic Millions wild race. So and with the difference. Different trainer too, I think. Yeah, Luke Hilton used to have her. Yeah, yep. Luke, he had her. She found the right race. Uh, she found the front. It was a good ride by Dolan. He got off. He got them all off the yeah. pit uh, before the corner, and and she did stay out the twelve hundred meters. So uh, she can go on and win more races. Uh, what's that? A class three highway. Um, she probably won't be back for another highway. I think she's won three or four races now. So uh, she might be up to benchmark class but we'll see what happens there. The fourth race, this horse has come back very well for John Thompson, Prince Aragon. He was uh, outstanding in his two runs back from a spell. Uh, they went six lengths slower than the coast here. Uh, good ride by Blake Spriggs getting up on the fence. He was too good for him, Luke. Wasn't he what? Um, yeah, two out of two for John Thompson and just destroyed that field. It was a an impressive win, good for um, Blake Spriggs as well. Uh, Saturday winner, and um, from barrier one, he made all the right moves. He didn't leave the fence, and and that's why. I mean, I was sort of thinking, okay, they don't really want to be on the rail here by race two, and then race three comes along, last chance dance leads on the fence, and Prince of Aragon stays hard rail and and just brains them. He was too good for those, and he can certainly win again because during these winter months, if we get these uh, rain affected tracks, he can just get through it really well. Um, I can't say much about the others. I, I backed Perfect Radiance here. I, I thought uh, the horse was a bit disappointing, maybe once it drier. But, um, you know, the likes of Flex, Flex, he's been a, a horse of mine in the past. And I thought he could maybe progress a bit further than he has. Um, again, he, he was a bit, bit plain here. Um, but they didn't go fast. So those horses that were sort of back and trying to come wide weren't ideally suited. So maybe you could forgive. But I won't be up. I think it's winner only out of this race, Prince of Aragon. Yeah, I'd, there's nothing behind him that I want to follow. Uh, Perfect Radiance was well supported, nine fifty into five dollars. Uh, I, I think I don't know where he goes to now, but he's put a couple of nice benchmark races away. That's only a seventy-two, so he might be up to. He'll have to go to a seventy-eight. Um, benchmark rating next up but he can go on and do better things that horse he's absolutely fine for john thompson uh the fifth race was a 78 over 2100 meters avion fury was well supported in the market five dollars into three dollars eight and went one length slower than the cup here uh parry sound was very good 440 out to five dollars fifty did you find anything to follow out of this race I think Parish Sound should have won. Um, look, I don't want to be too critical of young Campbell, but at the winning post, he was um, he was three wide and he did a good job to get in ahead of a Ruffy, which was repositioned. And then down the back straight, that horse came up on his outside and, and looked to improve and he elected to push out and go. I mean, they're only eight, they're 800 from home at that point. And I think if he just maybe waited that little bit longer um, and, and didn't expose it three wide at that stage, Parry Sound would have won because he had the winner, Avion Fury, back toward his inside. And I think he would have rounded up everything ahead of him. So uh, that's nitpicking a bit. Um, 
but he was fighting back on the inside of Arion Fury all the way up the straight. So I just think if he if he didn't have to make such a long run, he, he would have got the chocolates. Um, I think he could definitely uh, win next start, particularly on a, a soft track. Um, he's now third up into a preparation, so he'll be rock hard fit next time. And yeah, I'll I'll probably be with Parry Sound next start in the right race. Avion Fury was just perfectly ridden, had the weight pull. Uh, Glenn Thompson's done a great job with that horse. And the rest are just much of a mush, muchness, aren't they? Um, my swashbuckler, um, he popped early when Parry Sound came round his outside and was exposed a fair way from home. But I thought he was a bit weak late, maybe didn't stay the 2100. But um, yeah, all staying horses that are in their grade, but Parry Sound can win a race. Yeah, So Wicked is another one that probably didn't stay the 2100 metres. Uh, yeah, Parry Sounds, I've got him down as the horse to follow. He can go up to 2,400 metres. He should be at his absolute peak now. And mm. he's going to be hard to beat wherever they find a race for him. The sixth race was the takeover target. The black type, first of the black type races on the meeting, 1,200 metres. They actually went six lengths slower than Blondeau here. So the form out of that Blondeau race could be really strong. The market really loved Enchanted Heart here. $3.60 into $2.60. Senior A Fox was out the gate, $3.40 to $5. Yeah, Easy Eddie looked like he, um, just on the times, really slowed down mid-race. Uh, after showing a bit of early speed, looked like he got it really soft in the middle stages. And I'd say that that's probably why the times are a bit slower there and in a small field. Um, he had every hope. I know you were keen there, BJ. Um, couldn't make an excuse for any horse. Um, best horse on the day one. She's a great soft tracker, Enchanted Heart. Lisa's got a flying and she's got a great turn of foot. So that slow down mid-race suited her because she can sprint off a dime and she was too good. Didn't play in the race. It was a bit of a... I mean, can you say it was a boring race? It was a bit... I mean, it, it, was, it, was, pretty, it was pretty boring. You wouldn't say it was it vintage. Wasn't it wasn't a vintage takeover target, no. No, Easy Eddie's... Uh, I don't know what they do with him now. He's not going as well as he was. He had every chance there. I was really keen on him. I was a bit disappointed in his effort. But Enchanted Heart, she's, uh, she's got the scalp of lost and running this preparation. Uh, where do they go to with her? She can find a mare's race somewhere? Well, she's just been so beautifully placed by Chris, and this is what he does. She's now got black type, so the owners and connections of Enchanted Heart will just be calling me an imbecile saying that race is boring because they'd be absolutely stoked. Um, just for me, as far as a, from a punting angle, uh, there was nothing that really enthused me about the race, so I just sat and watched and, um, you know, yeah. can she go forward to a, a mare's race over the carnival, probably, um, if it stays wet. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't take anything away from this race as far as the future. Yeah, I won't, I won't be following anything out of it. I, I would expect um, Enchanted Heart maybe to go to, to Queensland and, and find a nice mare's race for her because she can, she can run 1,400 metres. Uh, the seventh race was the Gold Cup, won by Polly Gray. She's one of yours, mate. She was 340 to yeah. $2.80 and well-supported. She was, um, yeah, Tommy, great ride. He just made all the right moves on Polly Gray, um, went forward from the draw, um, was patient, got going at the right time, um, just got a spot on. Again, um, these Chris Lee's horses race well on this card. Oliferous was fantastic. I went to a sportsman's lunch on uh, Friday up at Terrigal, at Joke, uh, the Joker and Thief, which is actually owned by Tim Clark and Joel Singles. 
a good bunch of blokes. And uh, Michael Bridges, who used to be an EPL footballer, he uh, he was there making a – he had a talk and he had a share in Oliferous and he told us that uh, it could run well. I didn't cop the tip, of course, but um, she ran a great second there. So there's a bit of useless information uh, for your listeners. But I'll tell you what, it was a good, good sportsman's lunch. Yeah, I um, actually saw some vision of you uh, calling the Wagga Cup. Well, they had no audio and Stanley was um, emceeing it, Dave Stanley. And um, he said, we've got no audio. So he, he brought me up on stage to call the Wagga Cup with no notice. So um, I already had about eight beers as well. So it was a colourful call. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me back in the day when we used to uh, get you to call in the local tabs when they had no audio. Yeah. Straight, straight my, from the my, phone. It's my one and only party trick. Oh, it's pretty handy anyway, one to have. Um, yeah, mate. Um, well trained by Walla Polly Gray, found the right race in right conditions because she's a real soft tracker and she got the job done. I think this is an indication that the track definitely had a bit of cut in it because Wugok, who was a mudlark, was able to lead there and, um, and box on for third. So he likes it soft. Um, horses to follow, again, um, not much uh, out of the race. Do you think this meeting should go back a couple of weeks uh, just so that well, the Wagga Cup and the... Uh, this, the Wagga Town Plate don't clash with these two races? Well, I mean, half the field went to other races on the program or to the Wagga Cup. I, I can see one, two, or three horses out of this went to Wagga. So, yeah, it could be an idea. I'm no race programmer, but it might be good to separate those two Cups races so that um, horses could probably run in both. I mean, if you had, yeah. Both the feature but races you- clashed with each other. Then you the town plate Brisbane though, if you go later, and I, I'm not sure what the answer is. Then you got the Scone Cup as well. Um, yeah, it's just um, it's tough. It's, a, know, it's tough. Yeah, difficult, difficult juggling act. Hundred percent. Then we have the inaugural running of the coast. We touched on this before. Uh, Brandenburg really bounced back into form. I just think he's been unlucky. His first two back from a spell, and he was well found there. Um, I, I just I was keen to back him wherever he went, but he was just. Just that outside draw didn't look good for him. And there was word that he was going to go mm. forward. He's gone back and he's a terrific ride from Bayless. That was, he only had one ride on the day. Yeah. And he won a half million dollar race. So um, good luck to him. Um, it was a good ride. We know how unlucky he was uh, last start and uh, things fell into place for him. Um, he deserved a bit of luck after what happened to him at his most recent run. But back as a geld in this preparation, they made the call to, make him a racehorse and, uh, you know, obviously he's not going to be a stallion now, so we'll see him race on for a couple more seasons, all going well. And, yeah, it was a good win, well-trained. Nudge went well again. She's um, becoming a bit of a professional place, get a nudge, but surely there's a race in her. I've, I've dropped off, but uh, I think that uh, she's definitely racing well. Brutality, I'll... He'll win a couple of races this winter because he's tough. He can stay up for a while in preparation and he loves wet tracks. So, uh, brutality, my horse to follow out of the coast. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I've dropped off Nudge. Brutality was really good. I was on Nimalee here. She had every possible hope. That was a terrific ride by Rachel King. Uh, there was a lot, little bit more speed in the race than expected, which is why Brandenburg ended up a little bit further back. But, yeah, I think Brandenburg... He's back in order. He could win a, a really nice race in Queensland. I, I'd suggest he's going up there for the Stradbroke, whether or not he will get a run in it or not. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Brutality will win races this preparation and Brandenburg can be followed, especially if he can get a soft run right off the speed. 
the last race of the day, the return of the very smart filly, April Rain. Uh, she was $1.90 out to $2.20. Uh, and she ran into one better. Stella Pauline was too good on the day. Well, I think they bet 360 earlier in the week, April Rain, and some of those early shoppers would be disappointed with the result here. But she lost on no admirers. Um, I know we had a good chat on, on the punters panel on Friday about April Rain, and I always felt that this was a bit of a danger race for her. You're first up, 60 kilos, you're a big mare. Gosford's not her track, and I just think she peaked on the run at the 100. I did speak to Tommy over the last couple of days, and he said that she was just knocking up inside the 100-metre mark because of the really strong pace. When you first start chasing that pace um, with 60 on your back, it's going to test you out. And I mean, the first, third and fourth horses had all had runs this preparation. When it was tough, wide the whole way um, and, and a good performance. I think that indicated to me that the track by this time, it was definitely better out wide. You see Brandenburg in the case coming down the middle. Polly Gray sort of was off, a few off the fence the whole way. So, um Tough win by Stella Pauline. Good to see Andy Adkins back in the winner's circle on a Saturday Metro program. Um, I backed instant attraction here, had every possible, and um, I was a bit disappointed. Maybe lacked the turn of foot there, but um, April rain, uh, if you backed her on Saturday, I wouldn't be dropping off. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm very happy for Andrew, Andy Adkins to get back in the winner's stall on a Saturday. Yeah, and April rain is the the horse to follow out of the race. She was terrific. There was plenty of again, plenty against her first up and she can only improve on that effort. Just before we let the punters go, a word on Explosive Jack and Zaki. Um, Explosive Jack is the toughest horse in Australia. Um, he won his third derby, just a, a stayer, bone and muscle, well-trained by the Ma Eustis camp. Uh, winning that race, he was very good. Zaki... Is a proper horse. Um, group one winner in waiting, no doubt. And uh, he can go to the Doombin Cup and win that. But um, he's never won past 1800. So 1800, that was the furthest he's ever won at. But uh, the way he won the Hollandale on Saturday, yeah, gee, it'd take a good one to beat him, I'd say, in the, the Doombin Cup. He was that so impressive. And it was a massive ratings. Yeah, big go. And his ratings are just have improved with every run, this preparation. So um, nice horse to follow. Yeah, I saw Daniel O'Sullivan tweeted that that was yeah. the highest rated performance in five years in Queensland or something in like Queensland. that. Yeah, yeah, 104 something on his stuff, which is his ratings are great. So um, that's a good reference point to tell you that this is a this is a proper horse. Yes, yeah, right. horse. you know what? Could end up in a Cox Plate. There you go in the spring. Oh, big call. <laughs> big call, but I, I, um, I have no doubt. Cool. I have no doubt that he could. Um, I'm not sure what price he is at the moment, but you'd think he'd be. 10 to 1 plus at least. Um, so I'll mm. check that after the show and I'll, I'll put it in the comments. But uh, thanks for Do coming on, mate. There is a case to be made that he might be that real miler 1800 metre horse, but we'll find out in the Dooman Cup because if he can produce another performance like that in at 2000 metres, well, there's so many great options around for him. He peaked on that effort for second up over a mile and a quarter, but he, he was probably a touch underdone. Yeah, and exposed early second up so all that yeah he's on the improve and next preparation he should improve 
because it'll be second preparation in Australia. You will have acclimatized a little Dang. bit better. So he's got plenty of 100%. improvement to come. Even if he doesn't win the Doomba Cup this time in, he can be a better horse next time he comes back. So Cox Plate is definitely not out of the question. Have you had a look at the meeting at Warwick Farm tomorrow? I know you gave the punters no. a winner. Yeah, haven't even seen the fields yet. So um, if I find anything, I'll um, I'll flick it through to you and you can put it in the description on this uh, video. But, uh, yeah, I'm in, um, uh, in full form mode for Scone this week. I'll be up there calling the Scone Cup uh, on Saturday, which will be great fun. It's an awesome carnival and the one day this year. And uh, looking forward to that, BJ. Well done, mate. Apparently there's going to be plenty of rain about, so uh, make sure you take your wet weather gear. But thanks for coming on the show. That is three episodes down, onwards and upwards from here, eh? 100%. Thanks for having me, mate.